Do I look fat? Black. Black. Hey guys, welcome to the Do I Look Fat podcast. It's your girl, Steffi Kiss. This is a episode number 52. It is Friday, April 29th. Well, not when I'm recording this, but when you hear this episode, it will be Friday, April 29th. And it is exactly one year since I launched the Do I Look Fat podcast. I cannot believe that we made it to a year, guys. It is so fucking insane. This weekend, Sunday, May 2nd, I am hosting my first ever live show. It'll be held in New York City. Um, I have sold out tickets, which is crazy to me. I just want to thank everybody who purchased tickets because guys, I put so much thought, so much intention into this show and not just the actual live show itself. You know, I do episodes every week, right? I talk to you guys every single week. I mean, I might have missed a week here and there, but we're not going to talk about that. But I make episodes every single week to talk to you guys. But I wanted my show to be different. I wanted my show to be a little bit interactive. I wanted my the people who are coming to the show to just feel like they really get a part of me. So I've put so much thought and intention into this show from the decor, from the sponsorships, from the guests that I have there, from... It's just everything, 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 everything. I just worked so hard on it all and I just cannot wait for it all to come to fruition. So today, for today's episode, again, I talk to you guys every week. I've been giving you gems, hitting you with great guests 52 times, okay? Not to mention all my kiss and tells that I did. Now, we might bring those back. We don't know yet. I don't know. I'm just not feeling the Tuesday day. So we'll see how all of that goes. But I have brought you gems and tips and tricks every week. Today, I wanted to do a recap of what my year has been like. Doing this podcast has almost served as like a personal journal for me. And it's crazy because that's not what I had originally intended for this podcast, even though I was trying to be transparent. And some of you who might just as you know might not have listened from the beginning and if you haven't I definitely suggest you go back and check it out but when I first started this podcast I had started it with the intention of documenting my VSG surgery so for anyone who doesn't know that is a I always stutter when I say this shit and I shouldn't because this was supposed to be the premise of my fucking podcast but is it is a vertical sleeve gastrectomy I was supposed to have that um, and I was basically going to document my experience and life happens and that's not what this podcast turned into. It actually has kind of sort of turned into a personal diary for me. So I wanted today's episode to just be a recap of some of my favorite moments, some of my favorite conversations that I've had this past year. And the first clip that I'm going to share with you guys is my first ever episode with Chris from BSing with Chris. Now, him and I have recorded a total of four times already with our perspective podcast. I've been on his podcast twice. He's been on my podcast twice. But this was the first time he had made an appearance on Do I Look Fat? And this was episode number two, My Life is a Joke. And if you guys haven't heard that, I literally explain why 
my life is a joke sometimes. So definitely check that out. But here's one of my favorite moments from that episode. It's just too dry. The first time I went to El Sol on Dykeman, Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, it says it's an Italian restaurant, and I had went with my boyfriend at the time. And this was like, oh my goodness, this was like maybe 2008? 2000 and probably oh 2008 God. yeah when they first opened because Jeez. ethan wasn't even, even born yet it's been open that long yes ethan was not even born wow. yet that's how i remember i used to live on isham mm. and that's when we went and we go and it's like oh my god an italian restaurant on dykeman that's amazing yeah so we go and i'm looking at the menu and i'm like i don't know maybe it's a italian <laughs> fusion restaurant right? right and i order the spaghetti and it's, I don't usually order red sauce in Italian restaurants. I'm more of a creamy kind of girl. I like the Alfredos yeah. and the ala vodkas and all of that. But whatever, I'm here. I'm like, all right, let me order a red sauce because you would think it would be more Italian-y than, right. than Italian. fusion-y, right? <laughs> right. They literally gave me a spaghetti, okay? I was like, this is not... A spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I ordered. I was so disappointed. Right. Like I, I get it. You know, it. the thing about the thing about Dykeman is you never take the restaurants for what they are because if they're like, oh yeah, this is the Japanese restaurant, just just know that it's <laughs> it's you know it's fused with it might be Japanese, but it's Dominican style Japanese food or Dominican it's Dominican style everything in Dykeman. They will trick you, and then you get there and you're like, I really thought I was doing like some real hibachi. No, right. this is like Mama Dominican Sushi with the platanos <laughs> in their in their sushi, which is delicious. Right. It's so good. It is. It is. Yes, but yes. it's like don't expect to eat the sushi that you would get downtown. Real sushi, exactly, exactly. That's hilarious. <laughs> so we've both spoken about how we've had our diet journeys, and you know, weight loss, weight gain, and all of that. What What is your drink of choice when you order liquor if you're on a diet? So my drink of choice is always um, vodka soda. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're if you're a gay person, you call it gay water. That is what we drink because it's um, there's the least amount of calories right. and and you get fucked up. <laughs> so you get like really drunk, and I can have literally two vodka sodas, and I'm just like, okay. But yes, whenever <laughs> I'm on a diet, my go-to drink is always that's it's, I'm I'm drinking right now, and it's a vodka soda. Like <laughs> well, vodka soda because I'm home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm because we're home all day right now, and I'm just like, well, if I'm gonna drink, it's gonna be something low calorie because I know I'm not gonna really have that chance to really burn it off. Like mm-hmm. if I was going to the gym and stuff like that. So yeah, my drink of choice is 100 percent vodka soda. It's delicious. Don't let nobody tell you any different. <laughs> <laughs> I will be the sponsor for vodka soda, Gabby. <laughs> yeah, vodka sodas can change your life, especially with the mm-hmm. the new flavors they have with all these seltzers. Yeah, like you can really get yeah. creative. And mm-hmm. I'm not a seltzer person. Like I'm not a big. I don't like seltzer like that. I feel like it tastes like salt water when you drink it by itself. But when you add that vodka, I feel like it kind yeah. of balances out. I feel like you do like if, if you're me, you do the vodka, you do the seltzer, and then you always have to for me the fresh lime. Mm-hmm. You don't have the fresh lime. The fresh lime will change your life. If you want to put some fresh lemon in it, do that. But vodka, soda, fresh lime, and you're good to go. And you're Mm -hmm. drunk. (laughs) So drunk. (laughs) That vodka soda will have you on your ass quick. Yes. And people be sleeping on it. They want to drink that Henny all the time. (laughs) But if you really want to get fucked up, you better drink that vodka soda. (laughs) And And if you're trying to save money, too. 
the vodka right. sodas are not ex- as expensive as the Henny. Exactly, so. exactly. <laughs> and then also just with dieting and drinking, I feel like everyone has gone through this phase of working of working out all week, and then you just fuck it up on the weekends anyway. Like, <sighs> you can work out three to four times during the week. You're on it. You're doing your fasted cardio. You're doing your weightlifting. You're getting in your miles, all of that. And then Friday comes, and you have three pictures of fucking margaritas from made in mexico and then you go to the the cachapa spot and you get your cheese sticks and all of that shit and it just fucks it up and i don't understand why first, we always do this shit to ourselves first of all let me just say i feel personally attacked by <laughs> the words that are coming out of your mouth um you're talking about me and next time i see you which will be in probably december at this right. point no, I, I 100% agree. Listen, I, you know, I feel like that happens to me more in the summer mm-hmm. because, you know, during, I'm like, I want to look good, whatever. But in the summer for me, it's usually about maintaining the way I look as opposed to wanting to look better because mm-hmm. I know for a single fact that somebody on a random ass Tuesday, 9 a.m., they're going to be like, you want to go to the happy hour later? And I'm it's like, it's 9 a.m. on a fucking Tuesday, bro. Like, but yes, I will see you there. <laughs> but it, and I just feel like, you know, like in the summer, I, that's me. Like I'll work out, I'll work out all week mm-hmm. and then come the weekend, I mess, I, I fuck it up. But that's me maintaining because mm-hmm. then back to Monday, I'm back to working out. But yeah, I, it's, it's like self-sabotage. It's like it is. being a masochist to a certain extent. And it's the worst feeling in the world. I think it has to do with the things that you put a priority on when it comes to mm-hmm. maintaining your weight. So for me, I don't, I'd never have a problem when I have the opportunity. Well, let me not say never because I'm kind of going through a slump <laughs> right now, but I usually right. don't have a problem you with working out. Right. With working out <laughs> when I have, um, the time and opportunity to do so. So I feel like, yeah, I'm going to hit the gym. Monday through Friday as many times as I can and then come Friday night I'm gonna enjoy my life the way I fucking want to enjoy my life because I deserve it (laughs) 100% I I, I completely agree with that like I couldn't agree more see guys even if this isn't a regular episode I'm still providing you with some tips and tricks if you like to get fucked up you want to get fucked up for cheap and with little to no calories you can always get the gay man's water i think that's what chris called it and get a vodka soda um so yeah that i love that episode it was literally the second episode i ever recorded and even though chris threatened me low-key we still had a blast uh let's get into the next clip this one is a tad bit more serious i'm back in the end of May, June last year, I don't remember the exact date, but um, George Floyd was murdered. We all know this. The actual guilty verdict just came out, I believe, last week. Um, we got some sort of, I don't want to call it justice, but definitely um, the perpetrator was held accountable for his actions. And... I remember when this happened, it was just like with everything going on with COVID being stuck in the house, all the emotions, just everything like this is just like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I remember getting the news of what had happened and it just hitting me so hard. I could barely get out of bed for like a couple of hours. Like I was just drained. And after I got out of bed, I penned this open letter 
to my fellow Hispanics and Latinos because at that time I really felt like we needed to and still need to band together as a people, as um, people of color, as BIPOCs, as they call um, black indigenous people of color. We need to band together and that's the only way we can prevail in today's society. And I just felt like I had to speak on it. So this next clip is from a solo episode called A Different World. I believe it's episode eight and it's called A Different World. And I speak on the inherent racism in the Latino and Hispanic community and how I feel it needs to be changed and how we can possibly change it. Um, I hope you enjoy. I am writing this with a heavy heart. As some of you may know, I am not one to follow the local, national, or global news, as it can be sad and depressing on a normal day. But with the world finally waking up to the injustices the Black community faces on a day-to-day basis, I felt the need to tune in today. Honestly, I wasn't going to write this, nor was I going to make a statement. As a 34-year-old Dominican and Puerto Rican woman from the Bronx, I assumed my position was clear. However, the silence of my community has been deafening. The fact that I have seen some of my friends, family, co-workers, associates, and even followers provide more compassion and empathy for other causes like hashtag end poverty, hashtag play for Paris, hashtag blue for Sudan, but you have nothing to say regarding the injustices you've probably seen most of your life? The fact that Black men and women are scared every single day, not only for their own lives and safety, but for the lives of their entire family is beyond unacceptable. These are human beings just like you and I. Police brutality is not new. I remember being 13 when Amadou Diallo was murdered. I remember being scared and confused, which looking back as a lighter skinned Hispanic, I now know I had privilege. I know the disgusting and hurtful and hateful human beings that put on that uniform probably wouldn't bother me or my redheaded child, and yet I am still petrified. I am scared for my black friends. I am scared for my black family members. I am scared for every single black individual who has to say a prayer or affirmation before they cross the threshold of their home. At this point, all I can do is show my support and actively try to break down the inherent racism in my own family and community. So I say all of that to say this. I am now speaking to my Hispanic brothers and sisters. Whether you are Afro, Latinx, or white passing, change has to start with us. Stop promoting hate. Stop saying racially motivated things in jest. Stop acting like we don't hate on one another based off of complexion. That shit is hurtful and damaging 
and is the underlying cause of a lot of the bullshit we see on a day-to-day basis in America. Regardless whether you believe it or not, the Black community is our community. These Black men and women are more our family than Captain John Smith, I promise you. Hate has been a disease that has been running rampant on this continent for centuries. It's far worse than HIV, AIDS, and COVID combined. And honestly, we are the only cure. How, do you ask? Well, you can start by when you see a Black person walk into your establishment, you don't automatically assume they are there to start trouble. Or maybe you can stop assuming that black culture is a bad influence. Or you can stop telling your children not to date Morenos. Or even if you wanna be a tad more active, if you see a black person being stopped and questioned by a police officer, just stick around to be sure that that person gets to walk away unharmed. I am begging my Hispanic community to step out of their bubble and see the bigger picture. This fight is our fight and it should be supported like you support La Patria. We have to band together. It's the only humane thing to do. Stay safe, stay healthy. This is Signed With Love, Steffi Kiss. So that was the open letter that I had penned um, when I found out about the news of George Floyd. And I was very much in my bag. Um, I had a lot of emotions and a lot of feelings in regards to that. And it actually birthed the idea for my first ever interactive live show. I had literally been podcasting for maybe five to six weeks. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to host a live show. I'm going to put it on YouTube live. I had um, actually had three other podcasts come on and do their own little like presentations about things having to do with um, Juneteenth about the civil rights movement, about um, the discrimination and the colorism in South America. Like it was a great conversation and it's actually still on my YouTube channel. If you want to go check that out, it's still live on there. Um, It's crazy how a year later, all of this shit is still happening. Like even on the, the day of the verdict of George Floyd, we had the murder of Micaiah Bryant. And I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Every time I say it, I've never, I always see it written. I never really hear anybody say it because I don't listen to the news. I mostly read it. So if I am pronouncing it incorrectly, I wouldn't mind if anybody were to correct me. Um, But her murder happening on the same day that we received the guilty verdict for George Floyd was just crazy. But yeah, so like I was saying, this birthed the first ever interactive live show and I called it Pods for Bonds and we raised over $1,200 for the bail project, which was amazing to me. Like I said, I had only been podcasting for about six weeks and I really just you know, put this whole thing together in a week and it came out amazing. It wasn't cheaply done. Everybody was on their P's and Q's. Um, I want to thank Chris for coming on there um, as well as 
the cast of the former podcast, Bustelos and Cigarellos, uh, Captain Kim, uh, Big Homie Booth, and DJ Brian, as well as um, Ms. D from the Double Dose of Raw Talk podcast for coming on the Pods for Bonds event and, you know, just contributing and helping out the community. This next clip is a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more fun. It is with the ladies from the podcast Ladies Pitch. And it's crazy how like going back and listening to it, even my own audio has improved. Okay. It's kind of hard recording remotely, especially with guests who don't have the appropriate um, equipment. So you can't really always control your guest's audio, but my audio has actually improved with time. You know, just learning what I'm doing, editing tricks and all of that. Um, So that's wild to see. But in this next clip, you know, we talk about one of my favorite things, astrology. I hope you enjoy. When I was younger, um, I, you know, read my horoscope. I'm a cancer. But for me, I felt like it didn't really apply for me a lot of the time. I knew you were a cancer. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> well because i'm a crybaby yeah. like that's my one yeah. like yo that's what they say about cancer you didn't have to tell me you were a cancer i was thinking i'm like yo she's giving me cancer vibes <laughs> you know i don't like i don't like when they say crybaby because they say the same thing you're about passionate Pisces. you're passionate I'm, I'm very passionate and sometimes it just comes out in tears like that's not my fault yeah you know it's biology i don't know what to tell you okay it just happens so I always felt like, yes, I'm a crybaby, but I'm not sensitive like that. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah, I'm a cancer because I'm rough on the outside, but like mushy on the inside, just like a fucking crab. But then also when it comes to relationships and how I deal with people, I don't really think I'm a cancer. So both my rising and moon are in Gemini. So when I look at that, I'm like, okay, sometimes I can resonate with my Gemini side more than my cancer sign. So I'm a fucking, I'm a hurricane because I'm water and wind. So the recommendation for cancer, it says that cancers are emotional eaters before bedtime snackers and inveterate food hoarders. So they're saying my best bet would be because with my love of domesticity, restrain yourself Mm -hmm. to prepare soothing meals that aren't over the top fattening tenacious and hardworking you'll respond beautifully to any long-term fitness program okay so yeah i'm definitely (laughs) that was better than ours (laughs) they're basically telling me like they're basically telling me to stop fucking eating and just work out and you'll be okay and it's like all right yeah i know that anything They're not telling you anything that you didn't already know, right? (laughs) Right, like bitch, you know what to do. Oprah, Oprah's definitely coming for me because it's like I know what to do, ma'am. But can you give me some tools as to how I can do it? Like you're just telling me. She was basically like, "Bitch, you know, I don't know why you even clicked on this page. You know exactly what you need to do to stop playing yourself." I feel seen by Oprah, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> her, her Aquarius ass. Oh, she is an Aquarius. Oh, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, January Aquarius. Look at that. Girl, I know like eight, like seventy five percent, eighty percent of Hollywood signs. That's no, sad. You this don't. is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes I'll see a celebrity and I'm like, 
there's such a Leo. I'll look it up. Fair enough, they're a Leo. I'm like, I need help. <laughs> well, you guys could just, you know, you can read it. I mean, you read me. You were like, this bitch is a cancer. I could tell with her emotional ass. She probably just not crying up, five minutes ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I picked it up right away. Yeah, she picked it up, but I remember we spoke and like, you told me. I was like, hey, what a sign game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, water signs. Listen, I can't date. I, I'm over water signs. I'm not dating any other water signs. I'm not doing Scorpios. I'm not doing Pisces, and I'm not doing Cancers. Terrible time with each and one, each and every one of them. <laughs> I won't do Pisces, but definitely do Cancer. You know what my problem is because I'm not an emotional person. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with emotional people. Like I don't know how to handle them. See, but at least you have an excuse because you're just like, you know, I'm not emotional. I don't get you. No, me. I'm like, I have too much emotion for the both of us. I don't need you to bring that shit over here. (laughs) And it's crazy because to this day, I still cannot fuck with a water sign. If you are a cancer, Pisces or Scorpio, sorry, I'm not fucking with you. I mean, but it's all right because I mainly attract fire signs anyway. (laughs) Lord Jesus, the fire signs. But Speaking of fire signs, let's get into my next clip. It is featuring my best friend, Oz, who is a Leo. And when I tell you, me and him, all we do is come at each other every time we talk. It's literally some type of argument. Shout out to my friend, Angel. She literally says we're like a whole little soap opera. It's the Oz and Steph show because we cannot have any conversations without coming for one another. And In episode 10 of the Do I Look Fat podcast called The Rice Pooch, we talk about um, being a dad, having a dad bod, and he really comes for like my life choices. So I feel like I had to come for his as well. Let's get into it. Well, certain people didn't take too kindly to that. And apparently whoever was body shaming Jason Mimosa, Mimosa, clearly I want to go to fucking brunch, Jason Momoa is <laughs> oh there goes that you and your fucking brunch man that's just annoying to me i can't stand i don't understand why you hate brunch so much though like why do you hate brunch because stephanie if i never knew you never 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 met you i don't think i've ever heard the word brunch as much as i had in my life so so far but why do you hate it is my question like why do you hate brunch? i don't i don't hate it it's just that i, I it's just that, you know, it's like you make these things at these, like, events. And it just I'm just like, can I just go have a fucking pancake or something? <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you he's always coming for me. There's nothing wrong with brunch. He ha- just has issues, okay? But this next clip, we get a little bit deeper, a little bit more serious. And we talk about if he would want his daughter to date someone like himself. You should strive to be the person to your significant other that you would want your daughter to marry. Well, that's so the thing. I, I, don't, things- I don't think in my personal life it, it ends up playing itself out that way. What do you mean? I don't know. Maybe I'm just more subconscious of who I am as a person. I mean, when when I'm with a a, a, a partner or a woman, I mean, I just want to be who I am, period. And who I am is mm-hmm. very raunchy and very you know, in your face and very comfortable in my own skin and very comfortable with my sexuality um but then you know i look at my daughter and i i guess i have this vision like i i want her to be with something that's a lot more cleaner than i am one who's less corrupt than i am that makes sense so you're putting down yourself could be in essence like you don't you don't think your your type the personality type you have or the person you are is good enough to be with your daughter essentially 
Exactly. But you're not even doing anything. I mean, from what I know of you, you don't really do anything that I think wouldn't warrant you being with really? someone like Lisa. Did you? I mean, uh, you're an asshole. Does Atlantic but City like, ring a bell to you? <laughs> that was ridiculous. And I'm going to put it, I'm going to, you know, blame that on the fact that you hadn't sought out therapy yet as a person. Um <laughs> Man, listen, therapy changed that man's life because we didn't get into what he did to that woman in Atlantic City. But let me just let y'all know, I stay on his neck off of that shit because he'll never forget it. Okay, like that shit was crazy. But anyways, we're going to get into the next clip. And this is from episode 13 with my girl, Jasenia, fashion designer and CEO of the clothing brand number nine. And we talk about switching out your wardrobe for the different seasons and I thought this was actually a great um clip to insert here because we are literally changing seasons in New York City and I can always tell because me and Ethan are going through it with allergies okay and I just thought these were some great tips for anyone looking to switch out their wardrobe so here's a couple of gems for you guys I don't know about you but this shit happens to me all the every every season season yes <laughs> as soon does. as it either starts to get warm <laughs> or cold i don't have anything to wear and it's really ridiculous because it's like what was i wearing all last year because I, where did all those clothes go i have no idea mm-hmm. i mean i i feel like i one of the things that i try when the seasons have changed is sometimes it's really easy to wear the things that you always wear right um or that you're used to wearing you're familiar to wearing and usually you know maybe you do laundry you're gonna put them maybe right in the beginning of your closet or in in a place that feels familiar Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so i feel like just moving the things around your closet um can help a lot if you're not trying to spend money on clothes right. you just kind of want to switch it up or or you know just go for that thing that you don't usually wear right um you know because i think that we have a lot of things in our closet that we might just give a lot of thought of how we look in it or how we may um you know how it may tie together and mm-hmm. it's like you know just wear it and try to build a look around it yeah It's so crazy because like I record these episodes, but I be forgetting these tips and I'm about to implement them shits right now into my closet. Um, But let's get into another clip with Jasenia because again, this podcast is about body positivity and self-acceptance and Jasenia being a fuller size, voluptuous plus size woman, I'm not really sure how she identifies, but being that type of woman and just being free to be herself out in nature, um, she tells us a story about how she was out kind of topless tanning and how what happened with all of that. Let's get into it. I feel like it was kind of interesting. Um, there were times where we were like, we all felt amazing. We were flowing. We were vibrating. We were, we were just... Mm. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. But there was times where, you know, maybe a group or a family would come over and, you know, maybe we had, we didn't, we weren't like fully nude when the family came over, but, um, people just felt like, or, you know, anyone would come over to kind of like see who was by right. the Creek and they just 
I don't feel like they were offended, but I felt like they felt like oh, it was inappropriate. Girls are here, like maybe like it was inappropriate, or maybe it was inappropriate for them to come into this space. Right. But I think it's also really important. Like for me, I was just there. You know, I had my underwears on. It's just my top that I was kind of tanning. But I think it's important to normalize bodies and stop sexualizing bodies because these Please are kids speak on it like you love titties i love titties your baby loves titties we all love titties like why 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 is there this like sexualizing of the body as soon as mm-hmm. i really wish we could go back to the day where it was like oh breasts need to be hidden like when did that happen? Because it had no. to have, there had to have been a specific time or a specific rule or law or doctrine that was like, women need to cover their breasts. Because yeah, it's, it's like, called colonization. <laughs> like, seriously, it's so ridiculous. Y'all, let's just free the titties. I'm tired of people having a problem with potential nip slips and side boobs, okay? Let's just... It's a part of the human body. If a guy can show his nipples, so can a woman. Okay? Um, but no. So this next clip, we're just going to get right into it, is featuring my girl, Iman Brianna, fellow host of my former Kiss and Makeup Mondays, which also might come back. We don't know yet, you know, how life is or whatever. But this is from episode 15. It goes down in the DM. And... What I love about my show and what it actually has evolved into is people of all shapes, sizes, colors, religions, creeds, all of that talking about their insecurities, right? And in this episode, we talk about how we are two different women with two different body types and yet and still we can still kind of go through the same types of bullshit. Um, I'm gonna let you hear what she has to say. Yes, I want you to accept my body for what it is because I accept my body for what it is. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't tell me, yo, hey, girl, you're looking kind of wild. You're breathing kind of heavy because <laughs> I would definitely want you to tell me some shit like that. You know, like, but I, I really would. I feel like, though, it's all about delivery as that that part. But I just feel like as a friend, <clears throat> Ooh, excuse me. And I mean, maybe you can give me advice to this, like, as someone who's smaller and like, let's say they're in that situation where they want to tell their friend who's like bigger, like, Mm -hmm. hey girl, like, you know, you good? Like, how would you want a person to like tell you? Um, so I'm a sensitive ass bitch. Okay. I'm going to put that out there point blank period. I'm sensitive. I have come to realize that delivery means everything to me. Yes. If you come at me and you're like, hey, you know, um, I see that maybe you're looking a little bit uncomfortable. I see that maybe you're having, you're not as lively as you once were, like you look tired. How about you come work out with me sometimes? How about we do, like, I would, I would prefer you to encourage me in ways where we can bond together so like maybe you're like oh I'm starting this new meal plan this week do you want to join it with me we can hold each other accountable and like you're smaller so obviously you're not going to be eating the same shit I'm eating 
But it's just like an accountability kind of thing. If you really fuck with that person, right. this is like you have to take into account your relationship with them, mm-hmm. how they see you, and all of that. Because point, you really can't tell all of your friends everything. As yes. much as you would want to to help them, yes, you can't. <laughs> wow. But maybe making like small suggestions here and there, like hey. We haven't hung out in the while in a while. Instead of going to the park, let's go rollerblading at the park instead of going to the bar or going out clubbing or drinking or eating. Mm. You know, like try other things like that to make it so that and you can even say, I want to be more active. Do you want to join me? You know, like don't okay. make the focus about that person because it's like it's not not that you're putting them down, but it can feel that way. Like they're attacking. But if, right. you're, if you're coming at me like, hey, we should do this because I'm like, girl, I could barely walk up steps and I need to get my cardio in. Like, because you don't have to be fat to want to get cardio in. You don't have to be right. fat to want to work out, to want to feel better. You know, I feel like that's the way I would handle that when it comes to a friend. That's perfect advice. Right. I mean, you've never you've probably never had to deal with somebody coming at you about your weight, you know, at least not that you were overweight. I've actually had like family members say like things and it it sucks the most when it's family like I remember a particular situation I had on they were like I don't know they were like cloth style pants it was a cute outfit Mm -hmm. and nothing against my mom but it was her and she mama we love you (laughs) right shout out to moms uh but she just made this comment like that's what you're wearing and then at the time and in that moment and the stuff I was going through at the time I was just Mm kind of like okay well I was like for one this outfit is cute as fuck Right, and, and I know I look good in it. Right, and I'm just like, and I just had to tell her, I'm like, Mom, right now I'm at my biggest, my thickest. I'm like, you know what I just went through. I haven't mm-hmm. lost no weight yet. Like, this is just what it is. This is how my body is. And luckily, my two, 10 seconds later, my dad comes downstairs and he's like, oh, Iman, I like your outfit. The way I must have <laughs> turned and was like. You see, <laughs> your husband <laughs> likes my outfit. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to my dad, too. See what I mean? Like, she identifies as a smaller woman, and yet, and still, we still go through the same types of insecurities and body issues, right? Um, so I just love that we got a chance to really dive into that and see different perspectives. I'm all about seeing different point of views. This next clip is a personal one to me. In August of last year, I announced that I was quitting my job to stay at home to be a full-time mom and um, basically homeschool Ethan because of COVID issues and whatnot. Um, What you guys don't know, and I'm actually announcing here today, is a new part of my journey, a new adventure in my life. I am leaving New York City. Um, Exactly one year after I announced that I was quitting my job and being a full-time mom, I am moving down 
south, y'all. I am leaving New York City. I did my 36-year bid up in the cold northeast, and I am going down to sunny California. California, Lord Jesus, let's manifest. Maybe that's my next stop. I am moving down to sunny Florida to just enjoy the sunshine and get me some vitamin D and, you know, maybe both times. Maybe both kinds, we don't know. But let me stop being raunchy. Um, I'm very excited for this next move. But this next clip comes from a very emotional episode that I did titled This is Steffi Kiss, where I essentially talk about the next steps coming up in my life and also how I had been battling my depression. This is the first time I've actually discussed my mental health in this regard on my podcast and it's so interesting and like I said in the beginning of this episode this has literally become like a personal diary for me because listening back to this episode I was talking about how happy I was that I found my tribe and how I have this was the happiest I've ever been in a long ass time and then no more than a month later my tribe kind of turned on me And that shit broke me, y'all. Like, it broke the fuck out of me. And listening back, it kind of made me feel like maybe I put too much stock into people that I really didn't know yet. And that's another issue that I have and another thing that I discuss in therapy. And again, listening back and having, just listening to my thoughts and how I felt. And I really did feel that way. I really did feel like I love my, and I still love members of my tribe. Don't get me wrong. Y'all who are out there, who still support me, who still love me. Like I still fuck with y'all, but there were a couple of bad apples in there who kind of made me feel less than, and I really let it, I really let it fuck with me. Um, But I'm gonna let you listen to this clip. I get into like real deep into my soul about previous bouts of depression that I underwent. And, you know, I just, I just become very transparent with you guys. It's a little emotional, trigger warning. Stephanie does cry, but we all know I'm a fucking (laughs) crybaby. But here you go. Let's get into it. So the third question I got, um, I actually really loved and it's, are you happy? And honestly, I am happy. Um, I'm the happiest that I've been in a very long time. I'm not going to say that this is the happiest I've ever been in my life, but I was down for a very long time. Um, Definitely went through like a little bout of depression and it was hard, but I feel like I got out of it by myself, by keeping busy, by interacting with people. I felt lonely. I felt lonely for a very long time. Um, Oh my God, I'm getting emotional. It's, It's not easy to live with a child who doesn't speak. So we would go through weeks where... I don't speak in the house. I have a couple of friends that I I can call them whenever I just want to talk. And that's important. Not having someone to talk to is difficult. And, oh my God, I don't know if I'll ever um, release this video, but having someone to talk to is really important. And yes, you know, I definitely 
I'm an advocate for therapy. I am signed up to BetterHelp and I've had a couple of sessions with them. Um, it's getting, again, I have to get into a routine, but we'll get into all of that. But having someone to talk to in that aspect is good, but I'm just talking about having someone to talk to in the house. Like if that, not in the house, but like just someone you can, that you can just be like, you know what? I want to talk to this person right now. That's very, um, undervalued and I feel like maybe a lot of people now that they they went through quarantine a lot of people who live by themselves they might have had this issue too I'm not sure um maybe let me know but that was something I had been dealing with pre-corona um and it just it it weighed heavy on me um I feel like and this might, you know, you know what? I'm not even going to get into that now. Um, and I'm going to tell you I'm not going to get into that. But sorry, y'all. I, I became a whole ass water baby. It's not even 10 minutes into the podcast. Holy shit. Okay. Whew. I'm composing myself. <laughs> all right. So after we got all emotional in that episode and I talk about all of the shit that I'm battling all the fucking time. Um, I want to get into a more funnier episode with my girl, Stephanie Roxanne, a makeup artist based out of New York City. And she was like nationally recognized by like Cardi B's makeup artist, Erica LaPerla, as well as Pat McGrath, y'all. Like that's big fucking news, okay? If y'all know anything about makeup or if you don't, I'm gonna put you on. Pat McGrath is an OG makeup artist, okay? We talk about her on that podcast, so you should definitely check it out. She's a black woman, been in the makeup industry for years, okay? She's like the mother of makeup. And the fact that Stephanie Roxanne was actually, you know, acknowledged by her is amazing. But we get into this episode, we talk about not necessarily dating while being plus size, but how people think we can't pull nobody. And she's hilarious with what she says let's check it out coming from five two hello speak on it. plus curvy as shit belly on whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> big old butt fat old titties like come on don't don't and guess what so Guys love it. Okay, like, I don't know who told all of these skinny people that guys don't like fat girls. I'm going to tell you right now, there's plenty of men who will grab my stomach and, like, make love to it. Like, point blank, period. I don't give a fuck. Like, they like the softness. Do you know how many times a guy has told me, like, oh, my God, you're so soft. Like, I know. You're so soft. You're so soft. You smell so good. It's like, yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> I fucking know. <laughs> Yo, for real, I'm telling you, I've never had an issue with pulling any guy. And right. that is the funniest part to me because it's like people be like, oh, I saw Goldita. Like, she's not going to be pulling nobody. She's not going to get married. Honey, I got ni- 90 pound men, six feet tall, talking about, please sit on my face. Yeah. I'm like, right. please. Come on. Kill I'm like, me. honey, you Just- can breathe. Right. Oh, I'm fine. Listen. If he dies, he dies. It's like, <laughs> damn. 
listen, I feel like if he dies, he dies. Okay, I still feel this way. It is what it is. All right. Um, hilarious content from my girl, Stephanie Roxanne. Definitely check her out. But this next clip comes from episode 27 with my girl Imani Blair from the Lick the Rapper podcast. Her and I can talk, 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 talk. She is one of the best podcast guests I have ever had on this show. And she's just amazing. And we talk about all types of things. But essentially, as to why we may say we don't give a fuck, but we really do give a fuck. Let's check it out. So when she blew up, like, I really, like, I was like, damn. Like, I really felt for her. Like, I really am rooting for her type shit because I've seen her come up. She's always been the same. She has not changed since then. So, like, I fuck with that. So, like, me and my mom, my mom kind of feels, my mom, you know, she's a church-going, God-fearing individual. Mine as well. But Mine as well. Right. So, but, you know, she still has her little ratchetness because she'll watch Love and Hip Hop with me. So we used to watch Cardi B on Love and Hip Hop. So whatever, we would talk, we were talking about her and she's just like, yeah, I love her. Her daughter's so cute, blah, blah, blah. But that song, I just like, I I wish she wouldn't have made this song. And I'm just like, I'm like, mom, I said, first of all, Cardi has been talking about her pussy for years and you've always loved her. Like, it doesn't even matter. I was like, you're upset for what? For, is it because like she's a mom? Song? Is that the issue? Because some people, know. so you know, older women feel like, like my mom, You that's how my mom feels. Like, because she's a mother. They feel like once you have a kid, and that's, I feel like, I told my mom, I'm like, mom, you've always made me afraid to have children. Because she mm. put in my mind that once I have a child, my life is over. You're done. Like, you know? And right. I'm like, that's not the case. That's not true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That I can see that because my mom definitely pushed that on me too. Um, I remember, you know, my son is 11, so I had him fairly young. I had him at 24, which is a baby. Now looking back as a 35-year-old woman, I'm just like, I was a fucking child when I had my kid. I'm 26 and I'm scrambling in this life. Like, I can't imagine. (laughs) Listen, hold off, okay? Know what? (laughs) If I'm going to give you any advice today is if you can wait to have your kid, wait there is no rush I wish I would have waited until my 30s I really do um I love my kid he's a blessing all that jazz but if I could have postponed it a little bit I definitely would have because when me and his father broke up I was 27 when I broke up with his dad right so I wasn't even 30 yet I was single but I had a four-year-old about to be five-year-old kid and I remember I had an argument with my mom and I'm like you want me to be alone for the rest of my life because she wouldn't watch she wouldn't watch him and i'm just like she's like you're a mom you can't go out i'm like what am i supposed to do like i'm i'm a kid still like i'm not even 30 like what are we talking about right so like we had to have a whole heart to heart because you know i give it to my mom my mom her and my dad broke up i was around 12 years old so my mom was like, shit, how old was my mother? Like 35, maybe? My mom was probably my age now. And she had two kids. Um, I was 12 and my sister was like eight or seven. Like, you know, we weren't old. And my mom did not start dating, dating until I was in high school. So I was older already. I could watch my sister type shit. So I give it to her for postponing because that's her mentality. But I'm just like, I don't want to... I'm not postponing my happiness and my joy just because I have a kid. Because at the end of the day, 
if he, he would be happy if I'm happy. I have to be right. happy in order to right. bring joy into his life. If I'm miserable and sad and lonely and depressed, then the and house all that, is miserable and sad and lonely and fucking depressed. Period. All of that. So <laughs> yeah. That's all. We went into a whole nother tangent. About yeah, 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 yeah. No, no. Well, we know it all comes together because we were talking about WAP and how it was. Yeah. How everybody felt about the song. Mm-hmm. Yes. People were very upset, girl. People that I used to work with, people that I respect, like hit me up on some like, I cannot believe this type of shit. And I'm just like, I don't really give a fuck. Like, if, if I want to rap about the fucking clouds in the sky tomorrow i that's exactly what the fuck i'm going Mm -hmm. to do you think Mm -hmm. i've made it this far like in my confidence in my career to fucking be like oh well he said i shouldn't do that so no this is what i'm saying this is what i'm saying and you know i said all that to say this acts about the wop uh freestyle because the criticism that you received on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And recently for me, I've actually been posting a bit more risque photos on my Instagram. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm 35 now. I'm finally, I'm finally accepting the body that I have instead of trying to, you know, wish it to be something else or like killing myself for it to be something else. I'm accepting it. I'm accepting my sexuality and all of that. So I've just, I take, I like to take pictures. That is my pastime. Always. And forever, I am. I had, you know, before it was camera phones, right? I had the little camera, and I would take that shit out with me to the I club. Did too, yeah, you know, like that's what we did. We just took pictures when you were in the club, and they were like the photographers in there. They're like, "You want to take a picture?" I was, yes, yeah. I want all of that. I love pictures. So recently, I have just I've been doing it, but I've been nervous about what people would say, and it's not like I'm full on naked, like. I'm not full on naked on my Instagram at all, but it's a little bit more risque than I had been before. And as much as I preach about, I have this saying, right? And it's, um, your opinion of me is none of my business. And that's what I tell myself all the time. And even though I say it, it's hard to, I still don't feel that way. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) My friend hit me up recently and was like, Imani, like, you, you're so inspiring the way you just don't give a fuck. And I'm like, see, right. that's where y'all are confused. Yeah. I give a fuck. You know, like, I just don't give enough of a fuck to not do it. But there's right. there's still a piece of you. You give a fuck still. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that ever truly, truly goes away. Because even big artists, there's a reason they, like, you can't comment on their Instagram. Like, Drake, unless yeah. he follows you, you can't even comment on his Instagram. That shows, mm-hmm. like... If the biggest artist in the world gives a fuck about Instagram comments, like, we're not tripping, for sure, right. you know? I and just, I, you can't give too much of a fuck that it you don't do what you're doing. Because there's been times where I'm like, well, I, I shouldn't post this because I don't know. What. Like, see, now that's giving too much of a fuck. You mm-hmm. have to just post it and just go, you know? Y'all should definitely check out that episode with Imani Blair from Lick the Rapper podcast, as well as uh, my most recent episode with her as well. I believe it was episode 49 or 50. I'm not really sure. But like I said, I've had her on the podcast twice and each time we had a fucking blast. This next clip comes from a milestone episode for me. And usually episode 30 doesn't really mean anything to anybody, but... If you don't know by now, I started this podcast with the help of a Miss Carla Wilmaris from the Idea to Launch Academy. The Idea to Launch Academy provides a course where they basically teach you how to start a podcast from start to finish, okay? 
Not only does she give you the tools to start your podcast, but she also lets you know how to chart your podcast within the first month. I literally charted on Apple Podcasts my first week top 50 in my category. Okay, that is amazing. People don't get those things. They just don't, Um, at least not their first week. Like that's something that's very hard. So she is actually coming out with a new and improved revamped course, which will be available on the 15th of May. So if you haven't signed up already, you should definitely sign up um, and hit me up if you want an affiliate code. Wink, wink. Okay. Um, I can get you some money off and she can know that I sent you, you know, the deal. But anyway, so this next clip is actually featuring Carla Wilmaris. And the reason why I wanted her on episode 30 was because she, I found her via her podcast called Shit, I'm 30. And I just thought it was appropriate. I love when things just kind of like fall together and just work out the way they're supposed to. And in this clip, we talk about, again, Something I struggle with so much, and that's being judged, being judged as a woman, but also, and even furthermore, being judged as a mother. And we just talk about mommyhood and why we really shouldn't take what these bum ass people are saying about us. You know, like you said, you show everything to us, essentially, on Mm -hmm. the lives. And I've been trying to be more open. I was on your podcast a few months back, like in the the beginning of quarantine. And we spoke about me being a special needs mom. And that was the first time I've ever, like, publicly, like, spoke about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I went a very long time without speaking about it because it's a very, you know, it's a touchy subject for me. Of course. So I try to keep it very close to me. I try to... Um, shield him from anything you know what I'm saying so doing that was a very big milestone and I look up to you being so transparent I'm trying to be a little bit more transparent <laughs> um, it's hard um, recently I actually got some like negative feedback from talking about being like not even talking about being a special needs mom but just being open about what I go through day to day and you know I got who got some to say tell him suck my dick you, you can tell them louder Okay, you can tell them louder. Uh, Suck her double penis. (laughs) But I just wanted to know, because you've been doing this for so much longer than I have, how do you navigate around, like, these negative comments or about just people just, like, talking about you? Um, You have to filter them Mm -hmm. out. It's going to happen regardless. So whether it's in the public space or not, think about family Mm -hmm. members. They talk shit all the time. You know, and it's knowing what to engage with and what not to engage with. So when you ask me the first question on this and that, you're like a doctor that might call you big mama all the time. Why is big mama bothering you? You know, is it because you're already self-conscious about it? Is it because is it annoying that they keep saying the same thing over and over again? Could it be anything that they could be calling you? What are those words doing to you? And how do those words affect you? So when I see negative things about me, man, I've heard it all. I've heard that I don't look like I'm in my 30s. Like, shit, I'm 30. Oh, my God. She'd be like, shit, I'm 50. Mm -hmm. She's so old. Her jawline is so this. She looks like a man. Um, What is she doing with this guy? They've talked about how what I'm doing with this broke guy who's just a security guard. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Wow. Like, I'm not here to prove any of these people wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? I do take some time to see what, what. why why are you feeling this way about me? What did I do to you or how do you feel about yourself? Mm-hmm. So really you're projecting whatever your insecurities are and something you wish you would have done. So for someone to speak to speak 
on you about your parenting, which I've gotten also when I went to New York, there were some people talking about how bad of a mother I was to leave her with her father. I'm like, for the first time in 14 years, like suck my dick. (laughs) It's time for her to spend time with her dad. It's time for me to like, it was 14 years then. And now I took it even further and sent her ass and shipped her off during COVID. You know, I hadn't done that in years. And for someone usually without Mm -hmm. kids to have something to say, I don't care. My Everyone's parenting is different. As long as I'm okay, my child's okay, she has everything she needs, I take those comments and shove them up my ass, really, and just don't listen to yeah. them. Yeah. Real advice from a real ass bitch, okay? That's what I'm talking about. Or whatever anybody has to say about you, you can tell them to suck my dick. <laughs> All right. It's literally 1 a.m. and I'm a little um out of it I have been recording and editing this podcast since like seven so don't mind me but anyways we're gonna get into the next clip which features my favorite podcast couple um it is Angel and Gaza from the Mermaid and the Lion podcast also from the Forgiven podcast also from Dirty Talk podcast also from Flex on them podcast, also from another podcast that's probably coming up within the next couple of months. Listen, this power couple from Atlanta be working, working. And they were on episode 31, and it was just a lot of fun. It was the first time that I've um, interviewed two people at the same time, and this was the first podcast that they were on together as a married couple. So it was very much exciting. And this is my favorite clip from that episode, even though the entire episode was amazing and hilarious. I just love the way Angel goes on a tangent about how crackheads are literally the most non-lazy people in the world. Let's listen. well you know drugs is hard work right angel you're just like i'm not with it (laughs) oh no way i did i talked about being a crackhead is hard work right you can't i got to hear this one crackheads are not lazy because think about it they they gotta hustle right they gotta shuck and jive to get the crack because most of the time they don't have enough money for it so they just got through dancing or doing some sort of sexual favor to get the drug that was work now they got the crack rot they gotta break it down they gotta smash it with the back of the spoon they gotta put a little water they gotta burn under the spoon then they have to put it in the needle then they gotta find a vein or find a little pipe a good pipe a pipe that's not cracked to go ahead and smoke the crack and then they gotta make sure that they scrape the bottom so it doesn't blow up in their face that is work and then hide from the cops yeah you gotta hide from the cops to make sure they don't catch you doing the crack this is a lot of work do you know how much energy you expend with paranoia this is a crackhead's life and then they're losing their teeth they gotta catch the teeth before they've fallen out (laughs) this is a lot to go through now they just said it like that. Hey, yo, I agree with you. The other day, yeah, she said it. I was like, I mean, you know what? You're absolutely right. Like, you have to, there's always steps for these crackheads to get what they want. Like, everybody calls them lazy and, you know, degenerates and all this shit, but really, they be working. Like, there you go, working. guys. Crackheads don't sleep. Have you ever seen, you've seen a crackhead dance? They are working. They're not doing a little shoulder shimmy. They are bringing it down, bringing it back up, and their necks are always going. Like, you know, seriously. And it's not a slow beat. It's a fast beat that they're dancing to. That oh, no, my goodness. And it's all in their head. So you got to keep the beat in your head, the rhythm, and dance to it Angel, and talk about. You're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> you're killing me. <laughs> and look for the money. 
two, right, on the floor. Your crackheads don't walk with their heads up. They walk with their heads down because you never know where you're going to find a five or a quarter or something like that. And all that adds up. That is and hilarious. You, you know I love what? this energy. I love this energy. The jaws go back and forth from right to left. And that's their presence. You know, they have to keep them strong for, you know, for the the D sucking. They're going to have the to sexual favors. You yeah. Know? Yeah. There Whatever you it may be. Mm-hmm. Imagination. But I've always said that about Angel. She has an imagination on her. She tells the most vivid stories. The day that she came and told me that she wanted to write a book, I was like, go right ahead. Like, please do. <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting do. for this forever, actually. She does this. This is what she does. She does it all the damn time. She just, <laughs> just creates stories, and they'd be the most wild. This is story. not a story. This is a real crackhead's life. Tell me about the cat with the two hats. <laughs> When I tell you, my girl Angel is crazy. She's crazy, but I love it. Her imagination is top tier, A1, and that's why you should check out her scripted podcasts, both Mermaid and the Lion and the Forgiven podcast and whatever she has coming up in the future because I promise you it's going to be quality, top-notch work, okay? The next clip comes from an episode I had with a rapper who's from the Brooklyn but is based out in Cali called Latasha and this clip is actually extremely important to me because it's crazy how things work right I as I've mentioned on this podcast time and time again I suffer from anxiety and panic attacks and I had recently just found a way to kind of subdue them on my own And literally a week or so after finding this method, Latasha actually brings it on the podcast and we talk about it. And I didn't know what it was called. So it was very much interesting how she gives me more information about it. Um, And it was something that I had already been using to feel better. So let's get into this. But um, yeah, that's the most important part to me of manifesting, clearing out, getting your mind right, getting your mind right. Exactly. Getting your mind right, clearing out all that drama and just getting as best as you can of your mind. Right. Yes. So how would you go about clearing your mind of like these negative self thoughts or self talk or Mm -hmm. drama and all of that? Like, how would you go about doing that? I do meditation. That's like my biggest form of clearing out any pains and then I also do journaling so I do a lot of journaling work when I feel when I feel that zero to a hundred coming I'm going straight to my notebook writing it all out Mm -hmm. and then um I also do like a a a ritual of water so like I'll write something and then I'll go to like water and I'll give it to the water and just let the water heal it so those are my ways of doing it um but there's so many ways you could sage it out. You could like mm-hmm. say, like you could pray through it and sage it out. Um, what else do my friends do? You could tap it away. I don't know if you've ever heard of EFT, but EFT mm-hmm. is this meditation form where you tap certain points of your body. And, oh my goodness. And you could like say the thing that you're like, you say the reverse of what you want to create. So, I mean, the reverse of your trauma. So, like, although I'm feeling a little anxious about this moment because I thought that I didn't deserve it, I know that I love myself fully and I deserve this moment. So that's one of the things that you could do. Um, Miriam Hasna, I don't know if you've heard of her, but she's Mm -hmm. dope and she 
teaches EFT and I, I took I, I took her um mystery school course on it and it's so good and I mean like I was doing that like mm-hmm. on my way to like things and it would clear yeah. out all of the angst literally so let me tell you why that's crazy right because oh, mm-hmm. um I never heard of EFT I never heard of like tapping it out so when you said it to me I was like what is that but recently I suffer from like panic attack pa- panic attacks or anxiety attacks, I used to right? too right? So what I've been doing lately, and I saw this on TikTok so randomly, but I was like, let me try it. She put her hand like in a butterfly like position over her chest. And she was like, just keep tapping yourself, telling yourself like, you're going to get through it. You're going to be fine. Like you're going to be able to breathe. And that shit works for me. And it It literally calms me down and I get through. Like if I feel like an anxiety attack about to start, Mm -hmm. I do that. And it literally like, it takes it It clears it away. Right. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. EFT is the same ex- exact idea. You just tap the emotion because it's moving the emotions out of you pretty much. And so yeah. that's one of the one- ones that I used to do all the time. And I suggest anybody who needs to learn EFT, go ahead and learn it. Miriam has a great course on it on her website. Um, yeah. So that's some- what's her some name the- again. Let me write her down. Miriam. Miriam Hasna. I'm probably gonna butcher the spelling, but it's M A R Y A M Hasna H A S N A A. So she's brilliant. Um, one of my favorite mystics. Um, and yeah, that's some of the ways that I I do it. Yeah. It's just so crazy to me how she brought this up. It was almost like a confirmation, an affirmation from spirit telling me like, girl, you're doing the right thing. Like what's working for you is actually something that is like proven to work out here. And you're doing what you're doing, the work that needs to be done and you're spreading the word. So I was just I was very happy to have her discuss that on the podcast now finally we are getting into one of my favorite are you dead ass segments for the entire year it's also my most listened to episode it is featuring my girl jess from the bay area me and her met on clubhouse randomly and we have become like fast friends like I fuck with her. She is a woman in her 30s who has a who is a boy mom and we just have a lot in common when it's dealing with, you know, body issues and confidence and stuff like that, but also dealing with these fuck boys. And her are you dead ass really ruffled some feathers out here. I'm not going to say nothing, but it was a little controversial, but I'm going to let y'all hear it. Went crazy. So we're going to get into our last segment because we've been chatting. Okay. I know I can go on this topic forever, but <laughs> I'm ready to like be raunchy. <laughs> uh, so the last segment is called, are you dead ass? And it's my favorite because we get to talk about all the shit that we've been going through, how we feel, just let it all out. So before I start yeah. mine, do you have anything you want to get off your chest? Yes. Um. So talking about pandemic and everything like that, I feel like, for me, I'm an extroverted introvert. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, I like to be invited to go out places, but when I get there, I'd like to say hello. And I'd also like to say goodbye and like sneak out the back door. <laughs> I'm notorious <laughs> for it. Um, and so because I am kind of like a social person, I feel like dating during a pandemic has been nothing but shit. 
mm-hmm. and I absolutely fucking hate it and it's insane um we I've made like connections with people here and there but nothing is sticking and so I decided to do um you know a dating website so I'm on a dating website where you're like swiping around or whatever and I and I go out with somebody and everything was fine and he's calling me every day and all this shit at the end of the day he says you know let's go on a second date I get dressed I go to the place where he said to meet him and he completely ghosted me oh my goodness I mean we were talking for like we went on the first date and we talked every single day up until the point where it was like the for the second date Mm -hmm. and he I sat there and sat there and he never showed up I called and it was going straight to voicemail eventually he blocked my number (gasps) no idea what the fuck happened I feel like he might have been married because we had such a cool date and everything we talked about was like flowing really well right but when I tell you that that was probably the second or third time that I had been ghosted since the pandemic started I don't know what the fuck is going And I just feel like if it was something that I did, I feel like I am good at kind of reasoning with myself and being honest with myself and saying, I might've come on too strong. I might've did this. I might've did that. But I feel like I'm also a very good vibey person. Mm -hmm. And if I'm feeling a certain way or whatever, I just let the vibe carry us and let the energy carry it. However, it's going to go. This motherfucker ghosted me for no, I literally did nothing to him. And he was texting me every day. How's your day going? Blah, blah, blah. All these sweet things. Oh, I can't wait for Saturday. And it's going to be so fun. And so at the end, I'm like, did my ex pay somebody to like. But that's the thing. (laughs) No, it's like, how are you going to just ghost like that? Especially now, like. In yeah. my head, I'm thinking you died. Like, you yeah. just disappeared? <laughs> like, Did he get COVID? Did he die? Did I get COVID when I sat with him? It was when it was outdoor dining. So we just went, and this is a couple of months back. So I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. I'm calling him. Is everything okay? I left a voicemail. Is everything okay? Like, right. are you safe? I didn't know what was happening. And I finally told my cousin about it. And she's like, girl, he's probably fucking married. Duh. I'm like, oh, that makes so, that would make so much sense. Not to say like, I'm somebody who's great and should never be ghost. I mean, I shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be ghosting anybody because right. we're adults in 2021. Mm-hmm. But I can see now it makes more sense and it would really kind of make sense with his whole story that mm-hmm. he most likely was probably married, mm-hmm. honestly, because there's no, absolutely no reason why. Probably and we didn't caught. fuck, we didn't have any sex, we didn't have anything like that. So it wasn't like he hit it and quit it. He yeah. straight up ghosted. He got caught. I, I, all I can say, he, he at the restaurant the first time. He's like, "Get whatever you want." He was definitely like trying to wine and dine. Mm. We had bottles, and he was like getting all this food, this really good shit. We were like talking about all these things, and he's like, "Order whatever you want. Get whatever you, you know. You get whatever you want." All a great you need date. To, yeah, it was a really good date. He's like, "When you're with me, I just want to make sure you have your ID and a purse, and that's it. You don't bring money." You don't touch a door. You don't do any of it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is great. And the motherfucker ghosted me. It was, it was fun but for the But why day. do the most to then I ghost me to the next time? Well, I don't know. I have, it was such, I, I was in my head like, did I do something? Did I say something? Was there like green shit in my teeth? Like, what the fuck was it? <laughs> I don't know. And like I said, it wasn't the first time I had been ghosted. These guys are weird. It's, and the entitlement. The entitlement mm. to my time also is something that I've that I'm just like I fucking hate it. We've just and, talked about it. Like yeah. you 
your your time is your kids at this point. Yeah. So you had to get a sitter. You had to yeah. make sure everything was like, it's not just, oh, I'm going to see you tomorrow for dinner. And, oh, I yeah. just have to pick out an outfit. It no. It was a production. It was a production. I had to make sure dinner was already cooked for them or like was on the way. My cousin was coming out and make sure she, I lied and told her it was an hour before it was because she'd be late to every fucking thing to come on. <laughs> and it was like, it was a whole production for me to get there and sit for like 20 minutes and be like, this nigga not showing up. That is so <laughs> fucked up. I, yeah, I was pissed. I, I don't think pissed. I've ever ghosted anybody. Have you ever ghosted anybody? No, because I'm a fucking adult, girl. <laughs> my thing is this. You, I always tell everybody, like, don't take away my right to choose, okay? Right. If you think it's going to hurt my feelings, I don't care if you think it's going to hurt my feelings. You got to let me know and let me choose what I want to do. If you want to be, you know, if I walk in and all of a sudden you're having sex with somebody, oh my God, I didn't know about that. Tell me, like, listen, this ain't working out. I'm about to go have sex with somebody. Let me know. Right. So I could be like, okay, like, I understand. Let me be hurt a little bit if that's what it's going to take. But at least I have respect for you for being honest with me. Right. lying about it and then getting my hopes up and making me think it's something that it's not you're still hurting me yeah. you just took you took your confrontation out of it like you yeah. didn't want to have that pussy on shit. you that was yeah pussy move, a pussy move honestly a so for people, yeah for people to say like oh i didn't want to hurt you you still hurt me that still bothered yeah. me. Like nobody fucking wants to be yeah. ghosted. Like what the fuck are we talking about? Just yeah, tell me. Let me curse you out real quick and block your number, and that's it. If you really yeah. were sorry, and there's no telling if I if I would have even done that because you don't even know like my right. personality. I probably would have, and most likely I wouldn't have. Cur- if he would have texted, because of course he's not going to call and tell me that. Yeah. If he would have texted to be like, I have to be honest, I'm a married man. I would be like, Yo, what the fuck are you doing? And like that was it. Right. I'm not putting my time and energy to scold you for some shit that you already know is especially wrong. after only one date like after one date like i'm not that invested mm-hmm. my upset my my anger is exactly from what you said the fact that i had to seek out a sitter make sure home was taken care of before i left make sure this make sure that and all these other things before i went out mm-hmm. that's where the level of anger came from because i put a lot of fucking effort and i looked good as fuck i believe it <laughs> <laughs> i looked i looked good and i was like this motherfucker just ghosted me at this damn looking like a fool the guy came out and everything oh you know would you like something to drink on oh, i have somebody coming like oh you were yeah. in the actual I restaurant the actual, i was sitting at the table because he oh said he wanted he got a little busy so i was like okay he's probably on the way right you know his phone had and this is what saved him because one one of the days we had been talking we had been talking for like two weeks and one of the days his phone completely died like mm. he didn't have his charger or whatever so I was like, this, he didn't put his phone on the charger. That's what it is. He right. Nope. <laughs> so that's what kept me there. I was like, oh, I remember that happened the other day. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Was, Giving like, him the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. And he was too, like, into me. And I was, you know, showing him the same energy that I would think that he would not show up without right. some kind of reason. And that's why my first thing was, I'm scared. Like, is he okay? Listen, y'all, dating is trash on the best of days or the best of times, I should say. Fucking during a pandemic or panorama, like it's even fucking worse. Like, can you fucking imagine? But anyways, this has been a recap of the Do I Look Fat podcast year one. I cannot believe we did it. 52 episodes in plus about like 10 or 12 kiss and tells. I don't even know. But listen, y'all. 
thank you so, 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 so much for rocking with me all of this time for, you know, sticking in there through my depression and me not posting maybe every single week, but still coming through and still providing you with premium content, even if the sound quality wasn't as best as it could be every single time. I am trying and I am upgrading every single day, or at least trying to, learning new things and things of that nature. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to this special episode of the Do I Look Fat podcast. Please don't re- forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Rate five stars, leave a review, let me know how I'm doing. Wish me a happy anniversary, happy podcast anniversary, or whatever. Run over to my Instagram because tomorrow may 1st i promise you there will be some fire pictures that i will be posting so you want to make sure you follow me and also subscribe to the do i look fat mailing list where you will find information about upcoming merch upcoming events and just anything having to do with steffi kiss okay thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the do i look fat podcast i will see you next fine and thick friday bye guys Mwah.